Okay, so look, if you listen to this podcast regularly or even semi-regularly, you know that we visit with a broad sample of people in the radio industry, and we, we literally go everywhere in the country. It is super fun. We get to talk to really great radio pros from all different places. Look, just in the last few weeks, some of our episodes have included Brian Phillips, who's the head of content for Cumulus. Uh, we talked with Eric Markham, who is the market manager, general manager of WSM in Nashville. Chris Daniels, mornings at Kids Country in Fresno, California. And Debbie Patton, who's the market manager of Alpha Media in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Oh, and also our Q4 sales event. If you don't know that we do those, we do this every quarter. Uh, our Q4 event uh, is designed just like our other quarterly events for radio sellers. It's designed to help local radio sellers anywhere grow their income and revenue. All of these episodes are in our archive, but today we're going to the Northeast. We are. We get to talk with somebody who is clearly making progress in their career. It's really kind of exciting for us. He's working with some really, really smart people. And we get to catch up to him to talk about how he sees his career developing, what he wants from radio, how excited he is about his new job, and what he sees as the future of radio. This sounds like exactly the kind of person that we like to talk to on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And listen, our goal is always to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we drop a fresh weekly episode every Sunday featuring a radio pro that's working somewhere in the U.S. or maybe Canada. To enjoy our podcast, you only have to be interested in others and be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools, and uh, a waste that you could get ahead and make your radio career more profitable and successful for you. Each and every week, we have an opportunity to see a snapshot of an individual in our business right now. It allows us to see radio from different perspectives, a different career arc maybe, and hear how they're embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves, which is RPC. We work on both sides of the ball. That's how we say it. Uh, our practice literally helps local radio generate higher ratings, which is important, and leverage that for higher revenue. Yes, we deal with revenue directly and increasing revenue. It's just this simple. When we go to work for a client and they follow our collaborative process and strategy, their revenue and their profit margin rises. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Do you have enough? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned to collect the most money in your local radio market today? Do you need a better sales recruitment strategy? Oh, we do all of this kind of stuff. And of course, we're here to help you and we can. Schedule a meetup by email. It's free and it's easy. Uh, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Listen, we're just a, a, a probably less, less than a minute from talking with Seth Justice. I, even, I love this dude's name even. He is APD Middays Fly 92.3 in Albany, New York. A big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing encouragers the radio rally podcast which we make available minutes after we record this live interview every sunday and we sling it out in social media that's how most people first come in contact with our podcast and then they go oh wait they got a whole bunch of episodes it's actually over 135 episodes already in our archive we want to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast too. By the way, you can see what you can get for free directly from our free section on our website, RainmakerPathway.com, including our encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local series. And right now, let's just get to it. What can we learn from this week's guest? We're about to find out. Seth, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Oh, it's our pleasure. Listen, where are you originally from? And can you tell us about that first experience that you can remember as a radio listener? Well, I am originally from a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, called Pickerington, Ohio. It's about 30 minutes outside of uh, Columbus, which my heart kind of hurts a little bit today. You know, after that big game yesterday against Michigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little tough. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I'm from Pickerington, Ohio, born and raised. um, Great little suburb. And to be honest... My first memories of radio, there's there's three in particular. Um, so when I was a kid, my mom would drive me in her van and everything like that. And we'd have, you know, grand old time, whether it's, you know, going to Tim Hortons and her getting a cup of coffee and me trying to swindle chicken nuggets so I can get, you know, Wendy's or something like that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, on the way there, we would listen to a radio station in Columbus called Sunny 95. Um, and in Columbus, I mean, you have WNCI, you have WCOL, WRKZ, um, some, yeah, a some few big, great radio stations, right? Just, just mean, a few, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, but Sunny 95 was my mom's favorite and the morning show host there to this day is probably still one of my favorite morning show hosts to listen to. His name is Dino Tripodis. Um, and he is just one of those people that is like, you know, you just kind of get the energy of that person through your radio. And you're just like, man, I like this guy. This is such a cool dude. I like him a lot. Um, and then whenever like I would have like soccer games or soccer practices, baseball games, baseball practices, so on, like however many sports a kid goes through. Um, always at night, again, we would listen to Sunny 95 and the person who would be on at night was someone who a lot of people know and mm. someone I absolutely adored was Delilah. So I remember her voice and I would always, I loved her voice. It was so soothing, um, still mm-hmm. to this day. Um, but I, I enjoyed both of those personalities tremendously. Um, and that's kind of like my first thoughts when I think of radio is Dino Tripodis and Delilah. Now, as I grew up, I started listening to WRKZ and, um, you know, I, I listened to, uh, jocks like, you know, Jeremy Loper, Randy Razor, um, Ronnie Hunter, and so on and so forth from there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this, and look, the reason we asked that question about, you know, remembering that first experience as a radio listener, the reason we do that is because we really like to try to connect radio pros back with that experience of not being a radio pro, but how did you come in contact with him? What was cool? And here's what's cool about what you just said to me. You named right out of the shoot, two really great, relatable personalities who were immersive in letting you get to know them and feel something about them. And I think that I'm going to, I'm going to make a little, I'm going to make a little check mark right there next to your name and those two talents and this relatability, because I think it applies to you. Listen, you, you sort of mentioned, so here we go. You attended the Ohio State University. I know all about that. For I've got friends who are all about that. Uh, you have a, a Bachelor of Education. I, I yep. want to talk about that. Did you yep. want to teach? Well, so here's the little, little thing on, on that. It's actually quite an interesting story. So originally when I went to Ohio State, I wanted to do business. Well, I always thought I was pretty good at math. Until I went to Ohio State and realized, oh, no, I am terrible at math. I am not very good at this at all. And so I spent two years in math intensive courses. And I was like, this is not for me. Um, And so I wanted to switch my major. Well, my two options, it was communications and it was sports industry. And so I chose at the time 
sports mm-hmm. industry. So um, now for the rest of us, what is what is what does that mean in because I mean a lot of us just think, yeah. okay, that's sports, but what does yeah. it mean? What's the path for that? Where 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 do people think they're going when they do sports industry? So originally my thought was to be like a general manager of a sports team or oh, yeah. um, you know, something along those lines of collecting like talent mm-hmm. and to essentially make a team. Um, but you know, that's not necessarily the uh, <laughs> the end goal of it all uh, for for sports industry. But I learned sports law, sports marketing, sports, you know, um, did a little sports uh, like kind of podcast class. Uh-huh. And just an entertainment based um, sporting classes and such and so on and so forth with that. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is for me. I'm not. I'm not a management type person. Um, mm. And I, I learned this pretty quickly that politics well, um, because I did a uh, an internship at my old high school um, for their athletics department. And the amount of politics that the athletic director had to go through, it was politics. a lot. Yeah. And politics meaning like just talking with the parents, talking with different people. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, my brain, it it hurts my brain. And so I was like, well, maybe this isn't for me. But I learned that before I graduated. And then I learned when I graduated and I didn't know this beforehand, but I did when I got my diploma Mm -hmm. with the sports industry as my degree, because I was like, I'm already, you know, I don't want to be in college you know, another four years to get another degree. I'm just going to finish this out and see what happens. But I look at my diploma and it says bachelor's of whatever in education. Mm -hmm. And that to me was very interesting because obviously there was no teaching aspect to my degree at all. Zero. Mm. Um, but a really cool thing was the only other person who had graduated from, you know, a four year uh, school, like college or anything like that. I've had pe- people in my family graduate with, you know, tech degrees, um, associate degrees and stuff like that. But there was only one other person and um, in my family that graduated with a bachelor's degree. And that was my grandfather. And my grandfather is one of my biggest heroes and he graduated uh ohio state when he was in his 40s i believe 40s might have been late 30s um and he graduated to become a teacher and he became a history teacher um and a really cool thing was uh that i (laughs) i uh I graduated with a very similar bachelor's degree, not exactly the same, of course, but same college. We'll say it's the College of Education that he did. So to wrap that all whole long winded answer up, you know, it it was kind of a blessing in disguise because, you know, my grandfather meant a lot to me and uh, and having that, it kind of oddly enough to say it made it all worth it because we we graduated from you know the same same college which is uh which was really special for me one of the great things listen one of the great things about you is that you don't have to know you for five minutes before you figure out that your family is really important to you and Mm -hmm. people don't know this but I get the joy of talking to somebody minutes before we do the podcast. And yeah. I'm, I knew a little bit about your grandfather. So when you brought him up, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to talk about that dude a little bit. I didn't know that he was like 34 when he got his degree or was, uh, that you were the was, second person yeah. in your family to get a degree. Both of those things are cool. And it ties you directly to that dude, right? Yeah, he was a World War II vet. Um, he. Uh, didn't graduate high school with all of his friends. He actually went out to World War II before he graduated high school, which he only had like a month or two left. So he uh, he 
he had to, when he was back from the war, had to go back to high school and then worked for a while. Um, and then he didn't go back to college until my mom went to college. So they actually went together. So what's interesting is to think about your grandfather mm-hmm. and what he might have seen in World War II and then have to come back to high school. That's crazy. Listen, from Ohio, from the Ohio State University, you then went to Ohio Media School. Mm-hmm. And look, this this was directly media, radio and television. So we've taken a turn at that time. Did you have a specific goal in mind? Did you kind of go, oh, I know what I want to do. No, I mean, I literally, I'm the type of person that I live my life pretty much half cocked. So it's just like, whatever happens kind of happens. And Mm -hmm. I, I was working construction in between the time that I went, or that I was, I graduated from Ohio State, couldn't find anything that I wanted to do with my degree. So I started working constructions and different odd jobs. And I was like, you know what, man, this is not for me. This just isn't like my brain just isn't the type to to do that. Now, you know, there's a lot of other people who they absolutely love that. And that's fantastic for them. Just not for me, you know. Right. Um, so I was driving in my car, listening to the radio, as I usually do. Um, and just a simple commercial came on and i was like screw it i'm gonna try now, this oh, no, wait a minute did that commercial did that commercial say did you think you wanted to be in sports management and then you got a degree <laughs> and you came out and you went to work in construction and realized that for you it sucks well here's what you <laughs> need to do <laughs> was uh, it like that I, no no but it might as well have been you know it would have been way better story um but <laughs> no, it was it was just a simple thing of, hey, have you ever thought of yourself in radio or entertainment and anything like that? And I was like, eh, kind of. And I was like, if you want a fresh new start and, you know, come to the Ohio Media School, the big selling point was a six to eight month, you know, schooling. And by that time, you know, had been out of school for about uh, probably nine months at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I don't want to go back to school for longer than, you know, six to eight months. You know, right. if it's a year, then I was like, mm, no, I'm not doing it. But so it was like six to eight months. And I was like, screw it. Let's do it. And All I was right, like, here, All right. here's the here's the thing about you, man. When you get a passion lit, here we go. In Columbus, you worked weekends and overnights uh, on ninety nine seven The Blitz. What yep. was that experience like for you? How did that happen? What, I mean, suddenly you go from, I got this degree. I don't know what to do with it. I'm working construction. Now I'm going to go yep. to Ohio media school and boom, you're on the air. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, it started at a music festival. So the, uh, 99, seven, the blitz, um, was at, a music festival called Incarceration, which is like a, a, you know, active rock kind of metal um, festival. And like I said earlier, WRKZ was, you know, one of those radio stations that I listened to growing up. And mm-hmm. when you see it and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to school for media and radio. Let's see what happens. And so I mm-hmm. talked to the promotions coordinator uh, who, well, who I found out later was the promotions coordinator. And she's like, hey, we have, you know, an internship op- uh, opportunity with the radio station. Would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Uh, I'll do that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And she's like, all right, well, give me an email. She uh, set me up with uh, the morning show producer. Uh, his name is Thick Rick, who's doing mornings now uh, at that same station. Um, and you know, I, it it was the strangest thing. I walked into that building for the first time and, you know, this was maybe two or three weeks after I talked to, uh, Courtney Stone, who was the promotions uh, coordinator at the time. Mm -hmm. And they got me hooked up 
with the morning show producer. I sent him my resume. He's like, hey, can you come in? I was like, yep. And I walked in for the first time. And Lloyd, I tell you, it was like, it was like I had been there for 20 years. You felt I knew it. where everything was. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I, I've been here before. I, I know where things are. Like I knew exactly where the, uh, the studio was and it was the strangest thing. And that was kind of the moment I knew I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing right. I'm going to, you know, keep going with this feeling and I'm going to try and catch that feeling every time I do anything. And that's just kind of how I've how I've been is just trying to see, am I here? Do I have that feeling? Okay, good. It's like, you know, this like is great for people to hear because yeah. because look, being in the right place is so important and you can feel it, right? Yeah, it, it's oh, it and it's one of the best feelings. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was it was the strangest thing and um i think it was like a week or two into it and somebody looked over at me and was like you got the bug and i was like yeah, yeah <laughs> i got it bad okay it's like i i yeah. need my fix man you know it's just, you know it, I, lo it's I love how i love how you came in through promotions and then your immediate yeah. connections through the morning show producer that's a fun way to enter a radio station in yeah. my opinion i want well, to talk I about Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and honestly, like without Thick Rick, without Jeremy Loper and Randy Razor, who was the morning show at the time, right. I mean, they helped me out tremendously. I mean, they are fantastic people. And and Kelly Quinn, who uh, that uh, did the news and uh, everything like that. I mean, they without really saying that I I had the passion for it. You know, they well, helped Seth, me out. And you also I, you also were home, right? You felt like you were home. Now, yeah. I want to talk with you about this. Okay, so you make this decision now, mm -hmm. which might have seemed out of left field to a couple of people, or maybe not. You make this decision to go into radio. How did the family react? Were they singing from the choir? Or did they go, now, wait a minute. You have this other degree. <laughs> no, I mean, I think my parents knew that I... I was lost almost and I was trying to find my way and they were like, we're going to let him find his way. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't think they were upset by it by any means. I don't think they were, you know, um, I don't think they were like, you know, skeptical of my, you know, wants and desires or anything like that. I think they were more cautious. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that I, I mean, I absolutely, like, I, I couldn't, <laughs> my parents are my biggest supporters. Like, my parents, to this day, still listen to every single show that I've ever done. Wow. And um, all, like, all they did was say, we're, we're proud of you. We know you're going to succeed. We weren't really expecting this. But if this is what you want to do, you have our full and total support. And, you know, knowing that, I mean, knowing that somebody has your back, regardless of what it is, even if you have right. a harebrained scheme, that's going to give you so much confidence and so much, you know, more of just that I'm going to do it. I'm going to absolutely do this and take the bull by the horns and, you know, and and do this thing and you know it it's allowed me the ability to at least not be average because average to me is very um you know boring well Which, listen let's talk about harebrained schemes okay yeah. because you go to work at 99.7 the blitz and and just this is my impression harebrained schemes hmm you actually spent this period of time Sharpening your experience in promotions, productions, and other areas to strengthen your future opportunities in radio. Uh, 
do you feel like you're an opportunist? You're so positive. Uh, in other words, do you believe in doing the prep work so that when opportunity does knock, you're ready? A hundred percent. I I usually call myself like the jack of all trades or want to be like a Swiss army knife. Um, so opportunist or opportunist kind of fits that fits that bill too. Um, I don't know. It's just whenever I see something I want, mm-hmm. I'm going to go after it and I'm going to, you know, give it 110%. Like I said, I don't like to be average. I want to be, you know, the greatest, the best, whatever you, whatever kind of, you know, thing you want to say, like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give it 110, 120%. So in part in radio, a big thing is knowing what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And if you can do that effectively, great. But if you need somebody to host an event, you better know how to keep people's attention when they're actually looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing production, you better make sure you know how to cut a commercial. You better make sure how to, you know, um, you know, use sound effects, put the bed underneath, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, the wait and and also being on the air takes something special too. I know that there are lots of bean counters in our business who think, oh, anybody could do that on air. Uh, no, it's not true. Uh, actually, it takes a different talent to do radio, a different talent to do television. It's yep. different. Uh, yep. Radio is imagination and being able to bring that relationship. Listen, from Columbus, you took a job doing nights on 98 KCQ. Mm-hmm. We, we talk a lot about how fear holds people back, not just in our business. Certainly, there's a lot of fear in our business, but across the human experience. Was it fearful for you to take a leap and move to do nights? Um, no, not really. Um, like I said before, I kind of am already half cocked, ready to go. And I'm just, you know, if I see something I want, then I'm going to go do it. Um, my biggest thing, the reason why I left is because, you know, I wanted to be full time and I wanted, you know, you know, time on air to be able to, you know, craft and, you know, be the best that I can be. And, you know, 99 cent the blitz columbus it's a big market it's a major market so a guy who's only been in radio three years you know you're gonna have to work a little bit longer and so you know i i was like you know what i'm gonna try this i'm gonna see if i can get a job outside of the market i'm in outside of my home and if well, I get and listen, a job, you, were, you were lucky to get that first job in a market that big right yeah yeah i mean as purely on how i say dumb luck you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because i you know like i like talking to people i like having conversations with people and Mm -hmm. with the conversations can lead to something good or it could lead to something bad you know you never really know luckily you know how my luck's been going knock on wood um it's been going very well and so I I talked to my PD at the time. It was Hal. His name is Hal Fish, and honestly, one of the oh, he's fantastic dude. Yeah, absolutely. He is tremendous, and he's like, you know what? I feel like that's a good move for you because mm-hmm. you're gonna get time, and right now you're yeah. just swing shift, and you're you're trying to pick up hours, and you have a life to live. And he said, your passion for radio, I actually still have this email because it means the absolute world to me, but oh, he's man. like, your passion for radio is, is second to none. So you, if you feel like you need to do this, then go ahead, man. See, and, and so, some people, listen, some people would think that's a throwaway thing in an interview like this, but it isn't. I saved that email because it meant so much to me. This is something for a program director who's listening to this or a market manager or even a coworker. You don't know the impression that you're making on somebody when you do something that really makes them feel it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, you, you learned a lot working for McDonald Broadcasting, didn't you? Can you share what that experience was like? 
So going from Columbus to Saginaw, Michigan, mm-hmm. talk about a culture shock. Okay. You're going from a big city to well, market what 36 to market 150. So that was that was interesting, um, to say the least. But you know, for me, I learned nuance. And what I mean by nuance is everybody has a different style for how they want their on air to be perceived. Yes. And everybody's different. Everybody likes a certain thing. And learning kind of that lesson was very important because I can do what I, I do all the, you know, hey, and you know, do that. But being able to hear other uh, other people's opinions, mm-hmm. gather them, and be able to work it in a way that both parties are happy. Meaning myself, and you know, the station I'm working for. So the nuance was was vital um in the, in that situation because they're coming from a different situation than what I'm coming from and I need yes. to be understanding of that and I need to be understanding of that everybody's different all right yes. nobody's right nobody's wrong that's what I one one of the most beautiful things about radio and what we do is it's subjective mm. the subjectivity of it is just absolutely beautiful it's artistic it's you know it's great and i learned a very important lesson there as well as getting the time on air like 20 months of on-air time and you know i learned that nuance i learned how to you know work a show and get better at a show and build a show and do more and more with it and so that's that's the main aspect of of what I learned. Now, you know I'm going to ruin this for you, Seth, right? Because yeah. now I'm going to ask this question. I'm I'm just so curious about something. We talk uh, uh we, we're about to talk about a relatively new job for you. Mm-hmm. Middays, but APD is involved in the job title is yeah. programming something that you have wanted to do. How exciting is it to add those APD strikes? It's very exciting. Yeah. It's also, I'm not the type of person to manage. You know, like like I said a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. management doesn't necessarily fit who I am. I'm more of like, hey, I'm going to be the talking guy. Like, I'll talk people's ear off and, like, tell jokes and have a good time with them. You know, it's just, that's kind of my personality. That's kind of, like, my focus and everything like that. But the excitement I'm I'm getting right now, learning the APD role is is something that I'm <laughs> I'm like ah, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I'm gonna say it like it's it has me optimistic about the future. Now, do I do I see programming as my future? Maybe. Um, there's another future that I see for myself that is, you know, I see it as like 98% uh, you know, gonna be fulfilled because, you know, like I said before, if I see something I want, I'm gonna take it. But there is a 2% that says programming is there. So, um, and like what we talked about earlier, being prepared and, um, you know, being able to have all my ducks in a row just in case well you've got a couple of things there i need to warn you that Mm -hmm. i'm not speculating about this i know you are working with two really amazing people and i'm the kind of guy i don't mind naming names kevin Mm -hmm. callahan is one Allie is another they are incredible and you might catch the bug from them in a whole different way so you should be careful Mm -hmm. with that but you also just you might have sort of just mentioned that you have a goal yeah did you do that did you say 98 percent? you have something that you want mm-hmm. Death, is it wrong for me to ask what it is 
No, no, I'm I'm not shy about it at all. Um, okay. Mornings and that kind of feel to it, like a, yes. an actual like talk based show. Yes, is in a big way in a big manner and not something small and like i said average doesn't really move the needle for me right. i want something that's massive okay allow freedom and such like that no let me say this to you and I, i'm yeah. not just trying to be encouraging my feeling when i first met you was I, it was almost like i heard a whisper that said mornings mornings and i don't know if it's your positive personality i don't know what it is but i thought oh this is interesting now listen do you have a mentor in our business or maybe in your life in general if so can you share like an example one example of how maybe they've helped you oh i have so many mentors it's not even funny um golly well, the main one, um, and this isn't necessarily industry related. And That's fine. Me mentors in the industry, they're vast and numerous, um, especially from WRKZ. But the main one is my dad. My dad is, he was a Columbus police officer for, you know, 20 odd years. And it was actually his second career. And he never quit. He never quit mm -hmm. living. He just was like, I'm going to keep on working. And he did not um, start off life well. Um, you know, and, that, and that's something that, you know, will be kept there. But he uh, he had a tough go. And he is, he never quit. Like, if you think of something negative in your life, you know, mm -hmm. some people choose to kind of curl up in a ball and not do anything. They go down, right? They go down. My yeah. dad's like, nah, screw that, man. I'm going to run through that wall and I'm going to, you know, make a life for myself. That's now, wait a minute. Does that mean you're like him? Uh, yeah, in a way. I I never like I always look up to my dad yeah. and just because now he's a very quiet man and I am a very boisterous kind of guy. That's what um, happens from generation <laughs> to generation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my dad, he is he is one of the strongest people. And I'm not just saying like physical strength, because yeah, man, that guy is an ox. But he's the most like mentally strong individuals I've ever met in my life and like luckily it's my dad he is just mm. he will always be there for me for my brother for my mom everybody in our family he will be there for them and he yes. is the absolute rock and i mean i learned so much and you know to my mom and my dad like i i can carry on and complain about certain things and my dad's like, well, you just got to keep working, man. And when I was younger, I used to think that was annoying. Like, yeah, well, no, 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 I'm going to keep working. Of course I am. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, I got to keep working. I got to keep working. If this is what I want to do, if this is how I want to live my life, I got to keep working. Well, and listen, I got to tell you this. If you choose to go down that morning show route, I got to tell you two things. One, everybody's going to tell you. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot believe those people. Number mm -hmm. two, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes looking at different morning shows, figuring out what works for you, right? Because you don't want to be somebody else. Exactly. Uh, we all know people who've done that. I have done that, by the way, because I've always fallen on the programming side. So when I had to do programmings in mornings, I tried to copy somebody else to do mornings. Mm -hmm. And luckily, it did not kill me. So we still went to number one, but, yeah. you know, uh, it wasn't ideal. L listen, let's talk about this. Tell me about Fly 92.3. What attracted you to this job? Because I saw the video when you took yeah. this job. 
I saw the video on social media and it was explosive. You were yeah. so pumped and excited. You could hardly hold yourself back. What attracted you to the job? I mean, you know, Ali, you know, Kevin and yes. talking with them. I mean, just the idea, the place, the freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what excited. That's what excites me. Being able to be me, and they're like, "Hey, be you," you know. And we're gonna, you know, help you out along the way. We're gonna be in your corner and everything like that. And you know, I've been here a month and a half, and that's, you know, a hundred percent been the case. Sometimes. You know, after the first week, they're like, we don't care, you know, but Allie and Kevin, I mean, they've just been fantastic. And it's it's also just, you know, the willingness and mentality that has really attracted me to Fly 92.3, where it's just like these these people they want to do well they want to kick some butt take some names and they want to be the best of the best and that mentality i love and that's that's the mentality i have like i'll have fun i'll do all that but i also hate to lose so let's let's see if we can be the best that we can be and at the end of the day you know, if, if we do what we know we can do, watch out. That's right. I mean, look, as I said before, I know the people that you're involved in and uh, especially Kevin, for sure, is is a good culture guy, a uh, yep. team building guy. And yep. you were in such good hands there. I, I want to kind of take a break here and talk about something that I don't know. You know, everybody kicks this around and it's the can that everybody kicks to the right and the left and everybody has an opinion i want you to talk to us about social media for a minute how engaged are you in social and how important is social to a station like fly so social media i'm very engaged with um that may be because of my you know generation or it Mm -hmm. because i find it interesting both could be true um do I post a lot? No, but I try and engage a lot, if that makes sense. Well, it um, does. As a matter of fact, I wish more people would would understand that at a personality yeah. level. It is engaging people on their ground. Yeah, because you're, you're creating that equity. And not like the equity, like, oh, we're going to get some money from them. No. The equity that you build with people who follow you who like your uh pages your pictures your videos whatever that may be you interact with them and make them feel like they're part of the family because here's the thing they absolutely are like everybody that interacts with you whether it's via the phones via text message via you know a social media post they're a part of your family and so that's that's my mindset is like I'm always going to engage and you know help um interact and do everything I can with that. For a radio station, that is even more vital. Like, yeah, yes. for the personality, it's big. And that's how you can build and develop, you know, your own stuff. But also huge for a radio station Mm. and i think yeah you can have some good posts here and there and that's perfectly fine if you post once an hour that's a negative you don't want to over dilute yourself but you want to make sure you do quality stuff and then interact with that quality because if you're not gonna if you're not just gonna like you're gonna post once in the morning once in the midday once in the afternoon, once at night, cool, you're all set. If you want to do three posts, that's perfectly fine. Even if you just do one, the main thing you have to do is engage. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. 
you know, like Seth, said, a, a lot of people are all about live and local. And yep. one of the things that I've come to feel about live and local is I always want to add that that's not the magic of local radio. Mm-hmm. It's not only magic. The real yeah. magic is being relational. And this is what you're talking about right now. And I love talking to you about how your passion drives you to connect with people, to build a tribe, but you're not trying to like selfishly build a tribe. You care about those people and connecting with them. And I I think this goes a long way in terms of where you might want to take your radio career too. Now, speaking of which, things get rough now. I always say that this is the, this is like the last question we ask, but it's really tough because nobody really knows the answer to this question. If you could control the future and nobody can, what would you like to see the future of local radio become, Seth? You know, and, and that's a question I've always been asked um, just because I'm part of that younger generation of, of radio, I, I, I suppose. Everyone wants to know, like, hey, let's see if we can, you know, get the uh, get a new generation person's perspective on it. Like, how can we make this better? How can we, you know, survive in some circumstances? And to be quite honest, and and, and my feeling of this, there's a certain level of complacency in radio. There's a certain level of, well, we've been doing this for. 20, 30, 40 years, and, you know, we're going to stick with it, mm-hmm. stick to what we've been doing. But that only goes so far. And what what right now is one of the biggest things that is taking people's, you know, minds, minds, or not necessarily minds, but taking, you know, their attention away from radio or just really motivating them to do stuff. We've talked about it. It's social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, podcasts in general, like the one we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So how does radio kind of incorporate all those aspects and make it its own? And people can do that with careers. I've certainly done it. People can do that with, you know, art. You know, they've definitely done that. But that's something radio has to figure out. And I don't think it's necessarily radio as like a sociological thing, but I think mm-hmm. it's radio as the personalities. You cannot be complacent. You cannot. That's right. I think I think well, that's a death sentence, like, to be honest. With there's you. a lot of people who are afraid to get on social. They're afraid yeah. to make video because they're like, well, I don't know how I'll look, you know, and and sometimes you just kind of have to go, well. Uh, maybe the point is not to look great, but to be yourself, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the biggest thing. So why are TikTok influencers, Instagram influencers, whatever kind of influencers, YouTube, what's their main thing? They're being themselves or maybe, yes. you know, a, a little bit over the top themselves, but they're themselves regardless. So what are we told as radio people? Be yourself on air. Okay, well, now be yourself on Instagram. Now be yourself right. on X, on TikTok. Do more. And when you're actually doing your your love, your passion radio, be yourself. Don't do the same old humdrum, you know, back cell, front cell, um, you know. Hey, stuff. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You know how we doing? It yeah. da 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 on da 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 da. Don't just do that. Be more. Don't be complacent right. in what you've done, because what you've done is already over. All right. You're, so here's and listen. Here's what I love for anybody who listens to this episode at this point in the episode, which we're really near the end. But I want to say. You can go back and listen to this episode again. Here's what you get from Seth. You get him talking about relational, being relational, connecting, that tribe building, 
that caring about the audience and making an impression, not by bringing content always, but sometimes by reacting to their life. And I, I really encourage you to do that. And Seth, I want to thank you for spending this time with us and being our guest today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. Well, you know, we might check back in with you a little bit later, too. Listen, please don't take for granted what we're doing here and help us by sharing this episode. You can do that directly from our website at RainmakerPathway.com. It's in our free blog section. It's easy to find right on the front page. You just click right on it. You could share it with others who are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed just like the other 135 plus episodes that are already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. I want to say a very special thank you to Seth Justice, who I have said this twice now, has such a great name. APD Middays, Fly 92.3 in Albany, New York. And man, if you're in Albany, you're really in for a treat because it's just going to be fun hanging out, listening to Seth. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available moments after the live interview. We want to say thanks to JustJoeProductions.com for creating an audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Look, we say this all the time on the podcast, and I say to clients regularly, quote, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want, unquote. If you've got any question about what this kind of philosophy is and how crazy it is, reach out. I mean, you could do it by phone. You could do it by email. I don't care. It is my passion to share this philosophy because it's absolutely true. Radio is a strong local connector. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now go make it a great week in local radio.